right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 10 o'clock in Edmonton. Boy, unreal weather still. Can't complain. Looking like a high of about minus two today. Weekend is maybe even better. In the pluses, the pluses for Super Bowl Sunday. You can go out in halftime, maybe throw the pigskin around like they do in the States. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Well, tomorrow for in or out, we have to have something to do with Super Bowl food, Duke. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, we could be. probably discuss that as well here. Might be, it might be a pretty uh, Super Bowl heavy in or out with Eddie For tomorrow, Fast Eddie think, tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, Are You In or Are You Out with Schlemmer. Oh. Okay. Okay. You know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line. Are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. Well, the Duke has been fired up again for another rousing rendition of Are You In or Are You Out? Let her fly, Duke. Edmonton Oilers, a couple days off, but down in SoCal, playing some golf with the owner with no prior knowledge of anybody on the team's golf abilities. Uh, Evan Bouchard comes to the top of my mind when I'm thinking about who on the Mm. team can uh, drive the ball the furthest. I'll start this one. I'm (laughs) I'm guessing Kevin knows who's a good golfer on the Oilers, so I I have no prior knowledge, so I'm in on this one. After watching Evan Bouchard hit a slapper, I... I can't name anyone else I think that would outdrive him on the golf course. Kevin, you know somebody? Okay, well, fortunately, uh, <laughs> been lucky enough to have a few guys come out to the uh, Kevin Carius uh, Easter Seal Celebrity Golf Classic. Uh, by the way, it is presented by Prism Flow Products, and it will be this year. July the 10th at uh, beautiful Belvedere Golf Course. Uh, let us know. We're going to be we're going to start pumping golf here as it gets a little nicer. But uh, that's coming up. Schlemmer, you'll be in for that. We'll have it, it's a great tournament. So we've been lucky enough to have several Oilers come out. Stu Skinner was out, and Stu can hit a, a long ball. I believe Stu would be in the mix. Having nice. said that, a special guest appearance this last July. Matthias Ekholm came out. Oh, and what yeah. happens, so what, and, and I usually lose all the time. I, <laughs> I go on, well, I, that's what happens. I'll go on one hole and we throw a couple bucks down. And if you, th- if, if you beat my drive, I'll match the pot. That's how it works. Okay. If I beat your drive, you can use my ball and the money goes to charity. Anyway, it's all going to charity. It's yeah. all going to Easter Seals. Matthias Ekholm came out and I think he was first out of the shoot right at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. No warm-up, no nothing. Absolutely throttled one uh, just around the corner uh, at uh, Belvedere on the par 5. And so I'm going to go with Matthias Ekholm as being the long drive hitter. Um, I believe Evan, Evan Bouchard can smack him as well. How about the shot 99 miles an hour off the post the other night? Yeah, yeah, so, I would think he could hit a golf ball. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins has the ability to hit a decent ball as well. Yeah, well, you got to think there's one guy in there that's not a big guy, but is probably a really good golfer that can hit it a mile. You know, one guy that I'd I'd like to find get some intel on, just because he's got raw core power, is Dylan Holloway. 
And I don't know if he's a golfer. Not sure. sure. Because, you know, he hasn't been up and with the team for extended periods to take part in events like this right. that they had yesterday. What about Finney DeHarnay? He's got a lot of length. Well, he's got, man, <laughs> imagine the driver he's got to use. <laughs> like That would be like a basic helicopter coming out, <laughs> you know, when he gets going with the backswing and the arms. Yeah, I'd like to see that. So, I mean, the other thing too, and you would attest to this, a lot of... There's a lot of left-handed golfers oh, in hockey that the hockey players are. Can't stand it. <laughs> You're righty and you shoot left. Yeah. So did you always be, were you always a right-handed golfer? Yeah. Oh, I, I started golfing when I was really young. My yeah. dad taught me the proper way. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You're not playing left-handed." Well, it's not the same. I know, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky started as a lefty. Yeah. And they said, "Stop it." Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are there are many a left-handed lot. golfers. Yeah. So. Duke, have you got a My, little... Myself included. I'm, uh, yeah, I, 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 do, I, I do everything left. Uh, play hockey, bat, golf, all of it. Like it, it makes sense. The general physics of it are pretty close to the same. I was a switch hitter in baseball. Yeah. I'm like more comfortable from the left, but you get more power from the right. And you would, like you're you, supposed to hit from the right if yes, you're right-handed, if you're, right? Uh, exactly. Uh, more I was always told the opposite. Like if I throw with my right hand... Then you, my right, like my dominant hand, should be the bottom hand on my bat. Right, so that means you're a right-handed left, batter. Bat, no, that makes well, you a left-handed be, batter. Oh. well, you, <laughs> you no, okay, I'm I'm switching it up. Yeah. I think it's the other way around. Sorry, no. dude. It's I the other way around for hockey a lot. Okay. A lot of left-handed guys, like left-handed people, shoot right in hockey. Yeah, like my 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 best friend from back in Delburn, he's a, a southpaw, like throws his left hand right to his left hand, but he does everything the opposite of me. Shooting, oh, yeah. batting, golfing, all right-handed. So, hmm. um, but like, say, I actually learned to golf right-handed originally when I, I got into it a little bit later in life, like as a teenager, just borrow on buddies' clubs that was right-handed. So I can golf and bat both ways. Uh, the other thing too well, is that a lot of a lot of golfers that are hockey players that do play baseball a little bit have baseball swings. Oh yeah, in, in golf. <laughs> I, I am I am the yeah. prime example yeah. of that. It's it's not pretty out there. Big sometimes. slicer, big slice. You betcha. You just got to aim more to the to the right. No, aim, don't aim, play it over no. the trees. You eh? Aim over top of the trees and just <laughs> dr- loops right down the middle of the fairway if you get it just right. So someone's gonna ask this maybe today, tomorrow, even when they get back. Yeah. Who who's the who's the best out there? Longer. Hopefully we get a little. Uh, and it's different. They'll, yeah. they'll we'll be, probably find out then. Yeah. Huh? There, you know, I mean, there's, there's the other truth, guys that are probably better, you know, that have the all-encompassing game. True. Not just, and this question was long drive. Long drive. Uh, NHL trade deadline now one month away. Uh, one, I'm saying uh, Frank Cervalli's newest trade targets board, which is up at dailyfaceoff.com, that uh, the top five currently on it are Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, Adam Henrique, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Scott Lawton. By March 8th, I'm saying only one of those five players will be with a new team. Uh, I'm out on this. I think there'll be at least two. So I'm going to say Tanev is the automatic one. Mm-hmm. So Tanev is automatic. Figure out who the other one is. Maybe it's Flurry. Maybe it's Lawton. Uh, I, I just think that there'll be more than one for sure on this list because I think there could be, there could be three or higher. How's that sound, Duke? It's very possible. Like it's the the Hannafin thing is yeah. really intriguing. We talked about it with Frank earlier whether or not uh, you know he actually gives the Flames an answer if he wants to resign or not. I know Jason Strudwick would say uh, Adam Henrique will be traded for sure because he thinks the Oilers <laughs> should uh, should should be bringing uh, him into the fold. But yeah, I don't know. I think 
based on the market, uh, maybe teams will balk at the asking prices on some of these guys because all but Lawton are a rental. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, Tanev, I agree, Kevin, is probably the only one that I'm 100% certain will be on the move. Interesting. Uh, is Henrik on an expiring contract? He is. I think he's gone for sure then. I think Tanev's gone for sure. I think Lawton's going to get dealt. I don't know about Hannafin or Flurry, but uh, I'm definitely out on the one. I think it's going to be Could more. Could be four, Duke. Well, four, yeah, four of the five are pending UFAs, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like Adam Adam Henrique seems to like playing in Anaheim. Of course, like yeah, if, there's he a, would. if there's a chance to, yeah, I know Rico. <laughs> if there's a, if there's a chance to go to a contender or something, I'm sure he'd probably welcome it. He's been to a Cup final before, uh, back with the Devils. But I don't know. He's 34 years old. I'm sure the Ducks will probably pay him a pretty another handsome contract to stick around. I think he's respected uh, within the organization to help this new crop of uh, young players they have. But I mean, hey, if the if the price is right, like we said earlier, Kevin, almost mm-hmm. anybody can be traded, especially you uh, unrestricted free agents. Waste Management Open getting underway today from Phoenix, Arizona, the former homeland of David Schlemko. <laughs> homeland. Uh, homeland. <laughs> uh, stomping grounds, perhaps, yeah. if you prefer. Uh, the Waste Management Open, unofficial fifth major on the PGA Tour. Oh, wow. That's quite the statement. I mean, it's it's a lot of things for me, but I don't think it's the unofficial fifth major. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to leave the unofficial fifth major for the, the Players' Championship. Yeah. But um, it's, like I said, it's a lot of things. It's it's the best sporting event <laughs> going, I think. It's the most fun event on the PGA Tour by far. But I, I, I don't know. I got to go out mm-hmm. on, the, on the unofficial fifth major. It doesn't have the strongest field. I think uh, a lot of the stronger players yeah. choose not to go through the abuse of the 16th <laughs> yeah. hole and such. I agree. I'm out on this. Uh, it's a spectacle. It's a, it's yeah. a once a year kind of thing where, again, as you say, Schlemmer, a lot of players go, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to uh, subject myself to what could possibly happen and what could maybe have an impact on my game moving forward. You know, Fair. there's always the mental thing as well. I agree. Uh, TPC at Sawgrass is the fifth major, the Players' Championship. And a lot of that has, for me, the, it's the 17th hole, the iconic uh, island yeah. green at TPC where, you know, tournaments have been won or lost. And, Anything and, can happen. And, and you know, it's like 120 yards or so, depending on where, you know, where you're going to play it from. That flag's always on the and right on just, Sunday about and, and guys five are, feet from the... I always think that, it, you know, you could go up there and if you said... If you blindfold or told you know blindfolded all the golfers and said just do your normal swing and hit it 120 yards and straight smooth don't, one in just, there just, and just don't worry about anything else land it in the middle of the green and just hopefully get get out of there with two putts they would do it but they just look at it and then next thing you know it's ones in the drink and then that drop area is no screaming hell either no. as far as an easy shot well, too, just so. imagine standing over that oh. ball and you got couple million bucks online <laughs> yeah I, imac also says the memorial which was is another good one yeah a lot of good events mm-hmm. number four this day in 1936 the first ever nfl draft so the Eagles select jay berwinger first overall coming up chicago bears uh, the worst team in the league according to their draft selection which they got from the carolina panthers after trading last year's first overall pick when they were the actual worst team in the league. Uh, I'm saying for the second year in a row, the Bears will trade the number one overall mm. pick. So first of all, Duke, do you know where Jay Burwanger was playing? 
No. Uh, <laughs> he was playing at the University of Chicago. Right. Okay. Yeah, and you know which team took him? The Eagles. The Philadelphia just, Eagles. So I said that. I, well, sorry. I'm just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Jay Berwanger. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm I'm out on this. I don't think they will trade the number one pick. I think that there's going to be. This reminds me of uh, the movie Draft Day. <laughs> just you know, the number one pick, uh, the quarterback that Seattle want, uh, was going to. You know, all Vontae Va- Mack, no matter what. Well, that's what uh, that's what uh, the Browns did. Yeah, but they never had the first pick overall. They traded for it mm-hmm. out of Seattle. Because the quarterback out of Wisconsin, I can't remember his name. Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan. Yeah. Nobody came to his birthday party. That's right. And then, and then the funnier part was, uh, yeah, nobody. And then the hundred dollar bill thing. Yeah. No, he lied about the hundred dollar bill. He lied. Have you seen Drafty? No. Okay. What? Sure. He lost. Okay, me here. we lost you. Sorry. Oh, so I, thought, I thought everybody. Yeah, seen you got to get on Drafty, Kevin right. Costner. And, it's yeah, really yeah. not that good of a movie. No. <laughs> it's we get tricked into thinking it's good because they use like they license the actual NFL logos and, and Goodell's stuff, so. in it. Yeah, no, a whole okay. bit. Uh, and uh, well, Costner, great, yeah. of course, but uh, yeah, the movie itself really not no. that good. Is but, it like an older movie or no? Uh, like uh, ten, twelve years. Yeah, yeah. two twenty tens. Yeah. Okay. But of course, the Browns were the worst team. Like that was automatic. Yeah. Sunny, Sunny. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. His he was. It's like as if it was the owner because his dad was the GM before him. No, his dad was the coach. Is that his what da- it was? Yeah, his dad was the coach. Yeah. The owner was the that bald headed guy. Sunny was the. Did Sonny, he fire his dad? Uh, or was his dad I the think, coach long? Before? I think he died. Well, I knew he died, but did he fire him before he died? I don't know. We'll have to. That could be another big in or out for Slammer next week. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm, out on the, uh, I'm out on this. I just think with the quarterback, like Caleb Williams on the board, everyone says he's a generational QB. I'll just say they can't afford to not take him, and some other team drafts him, and then he turns into above a C.J. Stroud. Well, I'll try Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah, but Mahomes went. Eight yeah, or nine or but whatever. But the Bears traded up to number two to take Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. Well, with Mahomes and Watson on the board. <laughs> uh, that's bad. Anyways, I'm also out on this one. I know you're, you're my NFL guy, Duke, but unless there's something I don't know about, like there's a lottery for number one pick, why would anyone trade the number one pick? They for, well, they traded it last year again, for, yeah. and they and <laughs> so yeah, they netted. They How'd went. They go? moved down in last year's draft to eight mm-hmm. or nine. I can't. We literally talked about this on the show uh, earlier this week. But anyway, they moved still within the top ten and got this year's first round pick and DJ Moore. This year's first first overall pick is more valuable, so you could get basically the same return, but stay within possibly the top five. Like one of Washington or Atlanta or one of these other teams that needs a quarterback will give you their top five pick plus next year's pick plus a roster player. And who knows? Maybe if you're still in the top five, you can still pick a quarterback. You still so, trade Justin Fields too. Yeah. So that's it, it rests on Justin Fields. I see. If they think that they want to move forward with him. But I think it would just be. Oh, that's because if you trade fields, you're getting a, you're getting a second round. I don't know. That seems like a get. big risk to me to trade the number one overall pick. That's like you're getting fired if it doesn't work out. <laughs> well, they, but that's the thing. It worked <laughs> out. They, he looks the GM yeah. looks like a genius for last year's move because of a the return he got and the fact that Bryce Young, who is the uh, consensus number one overall, had a terrible rookie season playing for the Panthers. Did it have to do with the fact he's playing for the Panthers? I think it certainly didn't help. 
but it's not like he uh, looked like it's not like he was Peyton Manning out there, um, you know, throwing a lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions. It was just pretty ugly start to finish. So you're trying to talk me into going in. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think Justin Fields can be a good quarterback, but I, I I think the Bears trade down to like anywhere else in the top five and still choose another quarterback. Hmm. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, top two guys, but maybe they spring for JJ McCarthy. Maybe ah. they spring for. I mean, I, I know you you want Penix. I, I don't. I, yeah. I, I'm I Knicks and Penix. I think will yeah. still go in the first round, but not in the top ten. So I don't even think th- I think they could get him in the second round. Maybe Who's that's this? what they do. Then they keep Fields, draft one of those guys, yeah. and roll the dice uh, next year. Alrighty, uh, number five, steering away from the world of sports. This got the, this came to the top of my mind because last week when Jason Strudwick was uh, guest hosting <laughs> the Jason Greger show, he was trying to talk about this idea he had, which was like a meeting of worlds, and he was mixing up metaphors from between Star Trek and Marvel <laughs> and all this stuff. And it, as uh, expected, got some people that are fans of those franchises and storylines pretty fired up on the text line. So it just made me think that of all the fan bases that are out there, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, even Swifties, none of them are as crazy, and I mean crazy, as sports fans. Oh, that's a good one, dude. That's a, t- a toss-up for me. You want to take this one first? I'm going to I'm saying I'm out only because those fan bases are bigger than sports. Do you know what I mean? Like the Swifty fan base is bigger than sports. So yeah. the the Star Wars fan base, and I always liken it to this at one time, and you've played in the Alzheimer's, or you haven't played in the Alzheimer thing, the Alzheimer tournament? No. Okay, you'll probably be playing it in the Alaska year. There was a, a dude that came up, and he was the star of Battlestar Galactic. We've told this story. And there were, they had autographed tables with all the great NHL players that were here. And this guy had people around the corner, like kids around the corner. No one came to get autographs from the NHL players. They yeah. all came for this guy. And I can't remember his name, but <laughs> Battlestar Galactic. So I'm saying th- those fan bases are bigger. They're passionate. And they're, so that means there'll be more, like, off the charts. Like, like all these yeah, Comic-Con so things and, man. So you're out. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, this is a tough one for me. Like, the Comic-Con ones, that's a great point. I got a good story about that, actually. Uh we're on a road trip in Nashville once. Have you ever stayed at that Renaissance in Nashville? Just is that the one by the Bridgestone? It's not right across the street. It's one a little bit off Broadway. Okay, it's a it's a, it's a massive hotel. Anyways, there's one of those like cosplay convention okay. things there, and we're just on the road just to like play a road <laughs> game one day. Like you couldn't. This hotel was packed with yeah. people. Like they're all in costumes. You couldn't get on an elevator down to the bus to get a snack. Like. It was the most insane thing you've ever seen. So uh, those people are pretty passionate, but I don't know. I, I'm in with you on this one, I think, Duke. There's like, there's some pretty passionate sports fans out there that will, you know, you could ruin their day, week, possibly <laughs> month over uh, a game. So I, I'm in. I'm in with you. Picture all the, the Eagles fans down in, like Philly is the perfect encapsulation of this. Like oh, the Eagles yeah. fans, when somebody says that, uh, the link isn't like 
Oh, going playing in the link is an easy, easy road game. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? You're they're the hardest or the best fan. Like they lose their mind. I haven't Boilers seen, fans lose I haven't their seen mind. any riots in the streets <laughs> over like Marvel or Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, when when uh, when Tony Stark died in the last Avengers movie, there weren't people turning over cars in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Vancouver Canuck fans. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, well, that was pretty good, Duke. Not a bad job again. I love Standard. It. Thanks for the ringing endorsement. Yeah, I love no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, to be honest with you. Because again, some a lot of like that's out of my element. This stuff, like, but like the, Marvel, like the Swifties, man. Like, I don't like. I mean, it's, I'm just going on a worldwide basis. Yeah, it's it's their entire personality. Which there's a lot of sports <laughs> sports fans that are the same way. That's, if you think about it again, fair. and all the people that are like just stringent NFL people are ecstatic that Swifties are now following the NFL. So, so look they're at, ecstatic or they're like... They oh, they it. are. Because I think there's both camps. Oh, yeah, I don't know. No, no, all about the Bucks boys. Think about the money that has been generated. Yeah. You know? There's that side, but there's also the side of people that hate it. There's, yeah. Uh, why why is Taylor go, Swift on my I'm, TV screen five I'm just times going on money. I'm just going on money, fellas. Yeah, no, money that's, talks. That's yeah. a fair point. When we come back, we will uh, check in, talk a little Nate women's hockey with head coach Brendan Jensen, Carrier Schlemko, Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. 1023 in Edmonton. Kevin Carrier, along with David Schlemko. And keep in mind that David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over... 40 years. Check out cougarcollision.com as we welcome in Brendan Jensen from the Nate Women's Hockey Program, the head coach back to Sports 1440. Brendan, you're with uh, Kevin Carey, David Schlemko. Uh, welcome back to the program. Good morning. Yeah, no, no, good morning uh, to both of you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So uh, you guys had a bye week last week, but uh, kind of gearing up for the, the uh, stretch run here. How's the team been uh, looking going into four big games uh, here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, no, uh, the team, team's looking pretty good. The bye felt a, a good time for us as we uh, had a couple injuries there in our, our last series against the old college Broncos. But no, we're, we're looking forward to the last four big games here against two big conference opponents and then heading right into playoffs after that. So safe to say, uh, uh, Brendan, that between yourselves and you got Red Deer uh, tomorrow night at Red Deer and then home on Saturday and then Lakeland the following weekend, uh, this is the cream of the crop uh, in ACAC women's hockey? Yeah, yeah, no, Kevin, that's definitely uh, safe to say there. Red Red Deer's the defending uh, league champs the past two years and then Lakeland's been a strong program since entering the league. This is only their, their second year, but um, three years ago they won the Alberta Junior um, female circuit and then entered our league, and they've been one of the one of the powerhouses along with us and Red Deer here the past two years. Hmm. Cool. Um, how many uh, scholarships are you guys looking at for your squad this year, Brendan? Uh, I Sorry, not scholarships. <laughs> They're already at yeah. university. That's my bad. Out of boy, Schlammer. Wrong league. <laughs> I think he's kind of just talking about recruiting and how many, like when you get to that stage, Brennan, um, are you already looking maybe forward to next year with the girls coming in? How does it work in, in that sense? Yeah, no, it, it definitely works. It, it's uh, very typical, I mean, at our level, male and female, to be heavily in the recruiting process. Um, 
especially during this time here. Um, we lose, uh, we have five ladies that, that graduate mm-hmm. uh, the program this year. So looking at filling those spots, you've already signed a few um, ladies from SASC and then both in the Alberta um, U18 AAA league here and then also looking to fill uh, a couple more spots too. Yeah. Um, so now with this new professional women's league, Brennan, is that something that uh, your players um, are striving towards, working towards, or is it more just the education side? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think a, a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, I think some of the players that have um, aspirations now that there's a league in, in North America, I, I think, especially on the female side, um, all the way up from the grasses up to our level, it's something to definitely strive for. I mean, I think we, we've had a few ladies that have gone overseas and played after, um, and that's co- kind of more of the routes even for maybe a couple that are graduating this year. That we're looking at trying to find them homes there, but I think eventually, especially um, if the PWHL expands, um, you know, it would be something we, that we could look at. Hopefully get a, a, a Eastern Naduk, um eventually playing on one of those teams, which would be pretty awesome. Nate Women's Hockey Head Coach uh, Brendan Jensen's our guest. Uh, Kevin Carius, David Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. Have you have you noticed, Brendan? So the PWHL has been up for you know almost six weeks uh, now. Have you noticed you know when you come to practice and the girls are saying, "Hey, did you see this game last night?" and, and things like that. Have you have you felt the buzz? Yeah, definitely. I think I mean, especially um, coming to the rink or even on, on uh, bus trips, um, like. We have our ladies that, that are watching her. If we can put it on the TV or put it on the TV in the dressing room, it, it, it's something that's pretty cool. I mean, something that they can mm-hmm. they can look up to it and now see um, these professional athletes, which they have been on, on the nat for the national teams here in the past, but now they're they're on every other night and, and something that they can look forward to and watch. It's a comparable style of hockey uh, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something. Um, I guess that's never been an opportunity before. Is for you know the, the women to actually make a living at this. Um, do you see this? Do you see this league kind of growing and spreading to maybe more towards like the western states and and western Canada eventually? I, I, I would think eventually. Yeah, I'm like most definitely. I think with the, where the league's at right now and like most of the teams and the, the, the parity in it, um, there's enough players, like whether, whether it's in North America or Europe and the Europe leagues have been flourishing for a number of years, whether it's, um, the SDHL in Sweden or, or whether it's other leagues, um, like the Finnish league or, or the Czech league, like they have a ton of pro players over there and a lot of North American players that they go and, and find homes, um, over there. So I think eventually, okay you know, in the next few years, like to see it expand would be great, especially great for the game. Mm-hmm. Brendan Jensen, our guest uh, on Sports 1440, head coach of the Nate women's hockey team. And back to your roster a little bit, Brendan. And you mentioned you have a, a handful of graduating players. Uh, just to touch on what they've, uh, how they've grown, I guess, so when you've seen them come into the program to where they are and contributing at the level they are right now as seniors, if you want to call that, uh, compared to where they when they first got here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the development curve that, that we have, especially at our level, um, not only a, a, as an athlete, but as a person, is huge. Like, they're coming right out of high school. So, like, compared to the male side, they're, they're not going into junior and, and getting seasoned, so to speak, for, for two to three years. They're coming right in. And so um, having them develop as people is, is a huge thing, that, especially in our program that we try to promote. So I think seeing that side's cool and also – athletically it's been a blessing to be in each part of their lives over the course of their 
three to five years that they've been here um, at Nate. And I, I think, you know, they, they all lead by example. They're all um, part of our leadership group, um, so to speak, there. And then also their contributions on the ice really have been second to none. Like our, uh, our starting goaltender who's been with the program here now five years just actually – uh, set the ACAC wins record and she's tied for the shutouts record here um, so hopefully in our last few games she'll be able to break that and then we have a, a fifth year forward here that's uh, looking to eclipse hopefully 80 career points um, which in the female game especially over the course of her career is really unheard of so it's really nice to see and then you know kind of rounded out by our captain that's graduating who was a first team all-star um, last year Haley Crookshank um, really kind of sets the tone and sets our standard and, and really sets the example for especially the first-year players and the recruits that we have coming in, which is excellent to see. Awesome, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you. Um, obviously, you played, uh, you know, growing up your whole life here and um, now coaching on the female side. I'm just curious, um, you notice any difference kind of in the room or the day-to-day kind of banter or is it kind of mostly just the same, just hockey? You know, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it really is the same. Um, I, like, we're, we're doing the same thing that, that you would see on, on the male side there. I think the, the biggest thing that I see and, like, anybody can, like, put a testament to, like, is that kind of, you know, that camaraderie piece that especially, like, you, you really see, like, in the dressing room or, or that we all miss as former players there, too. It, it's really what I feel it's even more, more so uh, on the female side, like, having a sisterhood, so to speak, and there at the rink um, every day together and whether we're doing team builders or, or something else, just the amount of fun that the, the group's able to have together, um, I, I think really helps promote it and helps kind of drive it. And, and that's really what I see maybe in the, the different pieces is like coming to the rink um, for them. Um, they want to have like all of that and all those little touch points, which, which is huge and definitely eye-opening, you know, a couple of years ago coming in and seeing that and then making sure all those pieces kind of are in there so that it is a great atmosphere for them and, and that they do grow together and that they have lifelong memories and friends together. How, how have you grown, uh, Brendan, as a coach now three years at Nate? What's it been like for you to see, you know, your personal side of things uh, get to where they are now from where you first entered the program? Yeah, that, that is a real great question too, there, Kevin. I think, you know, it's just learning each day from, from every individual too um, and, and kind of what they need. Like at, at this level, especially um, at the collegiate level uh, on either side, I think, uh, I mean, knowing knowing your team and getting to know the people um, is a lot more important than, than X's and O's and kind of what makes them tick, especially, I mean, I feel like any coach could say that as well, but I mean, getting to know them, um, and then helping them out, especially we have them. We don't have them for a one-and-done year, like in, in minor hockey, so to speak, or two years, depending on that cycle. We have them hopefully for three to five. So helping them grow and, and mature both on the ice and off the ice and in their own developmental curve, both in life and athletically, I think, is an area where, where I've grown, and, and it's also helped me as a coach. Here, Here's one for you, Brendan. Like Your dad was a long-time wrestling coach down in the States. What did you learn from him? Um, you know, a different sport, obviously, but what did you learn from him that you could take uh, to the ice? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um, my father was a tremendous mentor in my life, like, to be honest. Yeah, coaching 37 years 
um, at his alma mater. Um, so kind of the same thing. Like he, he came and took over the program, was a grad assistant um, at San Francisco State University and then um, had been there forever. So I think, I mean, just learning life lessons from him and, and being around the room and, and around the young men he was able to, to coach and mentor. Like I think the biggest thing was kind of that life piece from him that I try to instill in all of them through whether it be daily practice habits or habits that we have in team meetings. I think, I mean, that's the bigger thing at the end of the day because sport does end for, for all of us. So taking some of the life lessons that he was able to teach his young men through his program and try to curtail it to, to our program here is something that uh, I've definitely tried to entrust um, in our ladies here at Nate. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you must have been a wrestler, you know, in high school growing up, things like that too. Yes, yeah, I wrestled briefly for for six years. was wasn't uh, wasn't a great career, but yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, and got after it, so to speak. So, could you take anything uh, from wrestling? And, and you were a goaltender, so could you take anything uh, to kind of mesh the two sports at all? Um, I mean, I think any one-on-one combat, to be honest, um, in in whatever you're doing, whatever type of training, whether it be jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, or anything there, like the cardio level to be able to battle an opponent like that, where you're going mano-a-mano, so to speak, really helps. And then also, I mean, if you're not a good wrestler, which I I wasn't, uh, (laughs) I I do there, I mean, I think it might have helped a little bit goaltending because you had to be pretty flexible to get out of those positions. (laughs) crazy positions and holds yeah Uh, i'm guessing you didn't quit on too many pucks either no no not too many (laughs) oh that's good stuff so uh i think do we have we still got him on the line duke or did we lose him here can you hear brandon i can tell you okay sorry he was just clicking in and out there a little bit so just run down the schedule uh brandon for the ukes women's hockey team uh this weekend uh with game games times uh places uh, and then next weekend as well yeah, yeah. So um, to be to be completely honest, sorry, Kevin. We we actually have a weird double bye, so we uh, we're still on a bye week again this weekend. Oh, you are uh, too. Sorry, yeah. yeah uh, we have a. It's really weird. So we have two weeks of a bye. So hmm. um, just practice for us. But no, we're back uh, next next Friday um, right. down in Red Deer um, at the Gary Harris Center uh, against the Queens, and then back at home. Um, on the Saturday at six uh, at, at Nate Arena, and then the following week, uh, the twenty fourth, I believe it is, the Friday night, seven p.m. puck drop. That's senior night for five graduating players against Lakeland College wrestlers, and then we are uh, on the road in Lakeland for our season finale there hmm. um, at seven p.m. at the Russ Robertson Arena in Lloyd. Uh, my mistake. Uh, yeah, how weird is a double buy for you guys? Because normally I was just looking at the schedule and seeing one buy and bang, you're back at it. Yeah, no, it's it's something different and something that we've we've had luckily the time to plan for and, and do a few things differently. Like we practiced uh, outdoors the other day, which I think was fun mm. for the ladies. Oh, yeah, get in support events and support some of the other natives teams. I know men's and women's basketball plays on Friday, so we're going to the game as a team. But yeah, I get to do some other team activities, which is nice, and then rest and recuperate and, and get ready for our stretch run here in playoffs. So, where was the outdoor practice, and uh, what was that all about, and how much fun did you have? Yeah, so we had that uh, at the Sherbrooke um, Community Arena there. Um, so just really close to Nate, just off 118th there. Uh, and every week we, we have like a small area games day. So uh, the team's been split up into blue and gold, which are our school colors there. Um, 
for the whole year, and they have a, a year-long game going, and points are awarded accordingly. And we just decided to take that outside during our practice slot um, and just, you know, a little change of pace in a different environment um, and bring people back to their roots um, and playing outside. So it was a lot of fun, and, and the pace was pretty good and, and was a pretty cool environment, too, to go outside. That's awesome. Good stuff. Brendan, uh, thanks for hopping on again. Uh, good luck uh, with the rest of the season. Enjoy the bye week and then get back at her next weekend with the two big weekend matchups. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on again, Kevin. That's Brendan Jensen, Nate Women's hockey head coach. Uh, Ooks, boy, that's a that's a tough, tough month when you think about it. You're t- playing the top two teams, virtual round robin going in uh, to the playoffs. And an outdoor practice. A lot of teams are doing that. That's fun. Oh, yeah. You go out, I mean, the air's crisp. Who doesn't love the ODR? You know, you see Sid the Kid out in Montana at the break there? Get many many of those in uh, down in Arizona, Schlemmer, or what? (laughs) No, not so much. (laughs) I think there is a... There's an outdoor skating pond at the Fairmont uh, at Christmas time. That was the only outdoor ice I ever saw in Arizona. (laughs) When's the last time you've been on an ODR here? You must do it lots. Here? Yeah. You know, it's been a while, probably since like the COVID when everyone was doing it. Really? I was out lots that year. There's nothing well, else to do. Maybe if the Duke would invite us out to the slough in Delburn. The slough? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's thick enough this year. I'd be Yeah, I'd be a you might nervous. be right. A little slushy. Because I'll tell you what, uh, the, uh, there, is the, there is the outdoor rink in Delburn beside the area, yeah. but I've grown up playing on the, like the, yeah, the slough in front of the house. Um, I didn't like shoveling it off by hand. I like to get out there with the skid steer. To, to scrape it off and then give it a quick mm-hmm. flood. But, yeah, some there were some years that you'd wait a long time waiting for the ice to thicken out before you felt confident taking the uh, the old John Deere out there. I think had some back tires drop in a couple times. So Yeah, we live in Laurier Heights and just take the dog for a walk around there, uh, the ODR. And yeah. um, I think it was less than a week ago. She's all closed up. Uh, too, too, it was too, too warm, warm. And they just wanted – they didn't want any traffic on there because just uh, – too many uh, possibilities for, you know, if they can keep the ice as long oh, yeah. as possible. Or wreck the ice. Yeah, either. I mean, that ice at Laurier Heights, well, Patty takes care of it. Speck, he's known him for a lot of years too because Speck used to live in the neighborhood. That guy takes immaculate care of the ice yeah. in, in Laurier. That That's gate a good is, ODR. Well, they got the, he has a like a homemade Zamboni. Oh, nice. You know, he just puts a little in the back with the mat and he's yeah. got a little, you know, just a small little four by four whatever you want to call it uh, just to kind of well it's a little bigger than a quad but anyway it just kind of zips around perfect it's uh, it's rock solid rock solid uh when we come back we'll wrap up the show we got a few texts one i think coming into the duke here i don't know we'll see what happens uh that's coming up we'll wrap things up kevin curious david schlemko sports 1440 right after the break it really is a crazy train around here duke isn't it more days than not. Why would it be? Slammer? Some days. Some days. Could be, I'm could be, not one, be. I'm only here once a week. It yeah. always runs just smooth. Oh, really? I'm we're here. on the tracks all the time when you're here. I Except mean, when we're trying to break down the plot of draft day live on radio. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> Both of, We couldn't remember. We've seen it a hundred times, Duke, you and I, but we couldn't remember exactly the characters' names. Sonny. Ah, now we didn't even Sonny something junior. Yeah. Sonny Wade Jr. Not Wade. Sonny something junior. But uh, yeah, it's a good, it's it's a decent movie. All I right. mean, I, again. Take your word for it. I, I agree, Duke, when you got the teams involved and, and everything like that. Well, the best line is it when uh, I want all my draft picks 
uh, and I want David Putney, you pancake mm, eating, da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I got to watch it. You got to watch it now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying of like what was my, I, I just like Vontae Mack, no matter what. That's like the, my big takeaway from that movie. Hmm. But Bull Callahan dropped. No friends. He doesn't no have any friends. friends. Who wants a quarterback that doesn't have any friends? That was the thing. They did a deep dive on this guy. And just like, it's so funny. There's so many stupid things about it. They're just finding out things about the guy like an hour before the draft. You know, it happens. Uh, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> like Larry, like Larry, the, like Larry Tunsil hitting the hitting the though. draft bong. Oh the, yeah, the gas yeah, mask. that came in. Yeah, <laughs> that came in like on draft day. Yeah, there's some there's some weird draft questions out there. Okay, what's you, you obviously answered some of them. Oh no, no, I didn't even get drafted. I know, I but I, late, maybe maybe bloomer. you didn't have the right answers. My draft questions were like, whoa, heard you have some off-ice issues. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm a stick on the golf course. <laughs> uh, Jason texts in. Here's one for you, Schlemmer. We never even talked about Tuesday's game yet, and we'll talk maybe about Anaheim here. we got 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, quick question. Do players get more jacked to beat a visiting team? And we're talking Vegas here. Yeah. When there are a lot of jerseys, fans from said opposing team, in the stands. So, again. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of experience on this one. <laughs> <laughs> in Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. Um, because yeah. all the teams would travel well when you're playing in Phoenix. And oh, be- my God, yeah. If you're playing, like, the Oilers, Flames, Winnipeg, Chicago, Detroit, mm-hmm. like, any of those teams, it's, like, half and half. Especially in playoffs. We played Detroit two years in a row in playoffs. And yeah. there'd be, like fights in the stands every game really like the whole night so yeah it's like it's borderline embarrassing when you're uh, getting scored on and all the fans are cheering so it definitely <laughs> gives you a little extra juice did it drive you nuts too in phoenix that it, i always think that the ushers were never doing their jobs properly in phoenix. oh <laughs> like, don't get so, my wife started oh, really? on this one yeah okay she, well, she drive, this, drives just, her crazy because oh, people would just get up in the middle of the play and she's like if I did that in Canada at a game, you know how much I would get screamed at? Yeah. It makes me want to lose it. <laughs> I'm kind of going where even at the start of the game, some an oppos- opposition fan from wherever it might be, let's just use Edmonton for an example, would buy a ticket wherever and then go sit down wherever they wanted in all the open seats. Oh, yeah. You know, that happened lots there. Yeah. Wouldn't they want that, that though? Like, if those seats aren't sold or there's nobody no, there, you get let people that, to fill the lower bowl so it at least looks like there's some fans there. I, watch I, the game. I agree. No, you can't do that because what they let that happen in the third period is what they do. Yeah, it looks bad on TV. It, yes, it, it looks does. bad. What, look at Florida. Yeah. I was surprised Bill Lindsay was saying that they're getting 17 grand a game. It's just like Arizona. If yeah. you're winning, they'll come, right? Nobody's from there. Yeah. Well, Arizona can't even sell out the Moulet arena. Yeah, that's bad. You know what that is, eh, Duke? The mullet? Well, they <laughs> the used to call mullet. Ryan Smith Moulet because he had the mullet. So <laughs> that was his his nickname in French was Moulet. <laughs> that's what they called him yeah. on the Habs broadcasts or what? I don't know. I'm just, that's what it was. <laughs> Moulet. It's like you say, like, like Bill Lindsay was talking yeah. about, guys love living oh. down south, man. It's... That's nice. Yes. <laughs> and again, you can do whatever you... You can play like crap for a week, two weeks, a month. Nobody cares. That's right. <laughs> like, look what happened here. The Oilers ran off 16 in a row, lose a game where they could have easily won. Should have won. And everyone's going bananas around here. 
Are they though? Well, they were. Uh, they were yesterday. There were people going, "Oh, the, you know." And Duke, you saw the the gist of the text, right? There were a lot of there was a lot of negativity. I thought most people were That's pretty outrageous. tempered. Uh, I, I, I I'll be honest, Kev. I thought it was going to be worse. Did you? Well, I thought it was a fifty-fifty. Uh, and we there was the the mo the lo- a lot of the negative texts were about complaining about the officiating. The NHL's out to get them, and that Vegas is Gary <laughs> Bettman's golden child, and that they will always get the upper hand. So those come in, uh, you know, anytime the Oilers mm. lose, especially to a, uh, you know, want to call it a new market team, I guess. Uh, but otherwise, you know, there was a lot of text saying, "Yeah, you know, we played a good game, we just didn't win." So I, I thought it was, I, I thought it would be much worse. I'll yeah. say that. If I they, it was if, a they lose to, if they lose to Anaheim tomorrow yeah. night. Then Monday oh, morning yeah. might be a whole different story. The sun's not coming up. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens between between the two games. Two games. Which is nice that yeah, the the Kings are the second game. So if you can beat the better of the two, that I'll matters more. Game. But if you drop, yeah, heaven forbid, you drop both, mm-hmm. then the world will be falling. That'll be a really good game, actually. After uh, McClellan firing, yep. and yeah. That'll be a good. NBA, one. lots of stuff moving here. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that the Raptors are trading Dennis Schroeder to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. They picked up Kelly Olenek earlier this morning, so they're a Canadian BC guy. So Raptors making continuing to make moves today. There's been there's been a lot of tinkering going on today. Good thing we had. Uh, Steve Ashburner on at uh, seven twenty. Duke. He wouldn't be able to do it right no, now. No, no one be would. Swamped. Yeah. So I'm, if that was uh, that was good foresight. Well, by you, not shout, by me. Shout out me. What <laughs> 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 uh, uh, what are the other like? Okay, Kelly Olenek. That was earlier on. We ne- and you guys uh, got to it in the updates. Buddy healed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the big white guy, Gordon Hayward, on the move. <laughs> the big white oh, guy. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, so, tomorrow, Schlemmer, how does a team like the Oilers, you know, again, we talked about the fact that they had a golf day yesterday. They'll have a good practice coming up in, uh, oh, an hour and, and change here at uh, Acrisure Arena. Acrisure Arena. That's where the Coachella Valley Firebirds play. Oh, okay. Nice. See, it's about 11,000. I've been saying all morning, well, not all morning, but this morning, that that's where the Coyotes should play there. That's like a couple hours away. Teams might as well just fly in there and drive and get more fans than they would get at the Moulay. Yeah. So how does a team like the Oilers here, you had, you're on such a high for so many days. Basically, again, with the All-Star break, you're looking at December 19th to February 6th without a loss. You know, damn near two months. Yeah. So now you lose to a good team. Could have went either way, but you have one of the worst teams in the league tomorrow in Anaheim. Yeah. So just your thoughts going into that one. Well, I think in the Oilers' room, not as much is made about this streak and the momentum of it and everything as the media makes. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the Oilers, you're not really changing much from the effort you had the other night. You play that way against Anaheim, you're going to win that hockey game, right? Um but can I you think, fall into the, ah, oh, we're well, playing the Ducks and they stink? I think you can. I think it's a lot easier to happen if they win in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it works out perfect that they're, you know, really buckling down here in Anaheim. And I think the start is huge, honestly. They come yeah. out, have a good start, put them away in the first period and put her on cruise control. 
And then L.A. tomorrow uh, after the game in uh, Anaheim, so the day after, so Friday in Anaheim, Saturday in L.A. What do you make of that game? You, we were just kind of touching on it with the coaching change and that with the Kings. That's a big one. That's a, that's a big measuring stick game for me uh, to see what I do with mm-hmm. the deadline if I'm Ken Holland. Um, listening to Frank talk about maybe what the Oilers possibly need. I was watching Ryan Rashog this morning, so... Ooh. It's a little bit, a little difference of opinions. I, yeah. I can't say I completely agree with both. I, I still think they need a top four D. Okay. Not, not like they're, they grow on trees, no. obviously. But I, I do think Tanev would be a, a great option to slide in there. I just so that means you're going to take CC out then. I think CC and Deharnay could rotate as a six seven. Hmm. Um, I just, I just think Tanev. I know him and CC are similar players. I just. To me, everything dies on CeCe's stick in the O-zone. Everything dies, and he doesn't move the puck out of the zone as well as okay. Tanev does. For me, also, like I'm, I'm hearing they need they need a top six forward. They need maybe a third-line center. I mm-hmm. just, I think in the playoffs, having Bouchard play against Phil Deneau's line or Kopitar or Jack Eichel or Stone's line, I think that's going to get you into more trouble than your depth third-line okay. center. Hmm. That's just my opinion. Some people have brought up the subject that Vinny DeHarnay should play a game or two with Darnell Nurse just to see if there's something there. What do you think of that? Why not? I'm just, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, honestly, I think he's improved so much. He's almost like playing over his head a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. So why, why not try him out there? I mean, he defends well. He's lanky. He's he maybe have to move the puck a little bit quicker playing against top six, mm-hmm. but I'd like to see him there. So see how he here's does. what you could if that worked, then you could leave him there, and then obviously you are, as you said, you're moving CC, and now you're not taking, you know, you're taking someone out of the third pairing. Yeah, right. Because well, that I mean, your third pairing would be CC and Kulak. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm just thinking. What if you leave this D core the way it is? Like, yes, they've been playing well right now, mm-hmm. but I mean, somebody gets hurt, and then what you got? It's fill the thrill. Yeah, and you got Kulak as your second pair D. Kulak and Bouchard playing against. Depends on what what your you mix know, is. Whatever. I just, I think they got plenty of offense. All right, Schlemmer. Thanks, big fella. That, Thank and you. It's, there, it's like almost for you. It's the same thing. It's like. Tomorrow could be uh, a Thursday for you. That's like it's almost the weekend. Wow, it's, great. it's just amazing. <laughs> just absolutely amazing. And you, you could have come tonight to, to Toefield with the Critters. Big game for the Critters. I'll be on the bus at quarter to five. There's probably room for it if you want to come. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Critters. Like CFCW Critters in Toefield tonight. We'll see you there. Good luck. Duke, you're not coming. I can't believe it. <laughs> can't uh, can't make it. Uh, we're already pretty sparse for numbers on the Tropics roster tonight at Silent Ice. Oh, so I had to, had to make a gut call. All right, uh, thanks to all our guests this morning. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Danny Saul, boy, they're getting ready to get things rolling at uh, W Waste Management in Phoenix. Let's just call it that. Frank Saravalli, Mark Spector, Bill Lindsay, and Brendan Jensen. Of course, our co-host for Cougar Paint and Collision, David Schlemko. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with the former... Roshep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn at 12 o'clock till 2. It is the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6. Jason Greger drives us home here on Sports 1440. Thanks to our great listeners and uh, 
being a part of the show, all the interaction, lots of great texts, uh, good comments. Uh, really appreciate everyone hanging around for four hours with us uh, this morning. We will see you back here tomorrow with Eddie Steele at 7, or 7 o'clock. Up next, it's Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the beautiful and lovely and talented Donovan, the intern. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning.